and there were different type of like rock formations and different different layers of mountains that you can look at during this hike. Oh, and something really interesting was while we were hiking toward kind of like the middle toward the top of the summit, on the ground all around you were these glittery, shiny speckles flashing past you as you're walking when the sun when you're right when you're at the right angle of the sun hitting those rocks. And oh by the way, if you're ever at national park or something like this you might be tempted to be like oh this is a cool rock or or this is a pretty flower i'm going to take it home with me as a souvenir do not do that okay please don't do that you heard it from me your friend roxy uh even though it might be tempting to take home a little souvenir or something that you find interesting please don't do not do that <laughs> especially if it's a national park or a state park um because you will be fined and also, it's just not cool. It's just not cool. Like, you know, as humans, we want everything to ourselves. If we see something we like, we buy it or we dominate it. We take it under our control. So just because you'd see something that you like doesn't mean it's yours. So please leave the rocks, leave the shiny rocks alone. <laughs> anyway, so I did pick one up just to look closely at it. And it was really pretty almost like this clear crystallized type of gem and i just set it back down but they were everywhere like everywhere you step you could see these pretty glittery shimmers hitting you and on the sides i tried to get a picture of it or a video of it but you can't really tell the same effect in a video because you know the sun rays are not hitting it the same way that your eyes are are viewing it as opposed to on the video but have you ever seen is it like an amethyst? Is that what they're called? Or, oh, a geode is what I'm thinking, where you cut open the rock and there's all these crystals on the inside. So I really enjoyed that a lot. And, oh, there were these huge grasshoppers. I've never seen anything like it. They look like the Pandora avatar people, like blue, but also red. Like, what am I thinking of that like a creature or, oh, I think I'm thinking of those poison dart frogs that are blue and red. Like they, I think their bodies are blue and their legs are red. That's what these grasshoppers look like, y'all. They were huge. They were the size of like half of your phone. It was really, they were really big. I saw two during our hike on the trail. I tried to get a video of one of them, but it hopped out before I could. But they were, they looked fake, like they looked like toys and that had been painted with red and blue. I've never seen this. If anyone knows what this species of grasshopper is called, please tweet me or comment in one of my Instagram posts or comment in the YouTube video because I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what this type of grasshopper is called. It looks exotic. It looks tropical. It was beautiful, honestly. Like I've never thought a grasshopper could be that elegant and beautiful and diverse in its color plumage. No, that's feathers. Okay, uh, clearly I'm not a uh, a bio biology species. I don't know species expert. Clearly I'm not. But if someone knows, please write me in a comment. I would like to know <laughs> if you know what this is called. I was never in Girl Scouts or any of those, so. I wish I knew a little bit more about 
those things. But I, I do have a knack for sometimes identifying birds and certain plants and dog breeds. I'm pretty good when I'm at the dog park. I can point out pretty much any dog breed. So at least there's that. <laughs> so grasshoppers. And then we also saw centipedes that again were huge and don't be freaked out by this or anything because you know obviously they don't do anything to you like there's really nothing to be scared about they're more scared of us than we are of them and i did get a little video of of that so i'll try to link it to um well i'll try to just you know put it on this video as i'm talking so you can see it as well as on you know instagram twitter all that so that you can see this huge centipede <laughs> By the way, do you, speaking of biology and, and whatnot, do you guys know the difference of a centipede and a millipede? I think I do, but I could be wrong. So I think that centa, cent is like a hundred, right? And milla or mill, it means a thousand. So centipedes have I don't know if it's 100, but they have less legs than millipedes. Millipedes are the ones with a lot of wavy legs that you can't even distinguish from each other, whereas the centipedes, the legs are more pronounced and more obvious. I think I remember learning about this as a child, but I would say if I could identify what I saw on this hike, I would say I, I, we saw centipedes. Massive <laughs> centipedes. They were very big, <laughs> but beautiful in their own way. Again, I appreciate all living things. And it's nice if you can see beauty in all things, but I thought the centipede was very fascinating. And it was crawling across the trail. And then when it noticed us, it like skidded off to the side, like really quickly. And it was kind of cool to see its body move like that. What else did we see? I don't know if we saw any birds or other small animals some big moths maybe, some butterflies. I have noticed that when I go hiking in the surrounding areas around my home, I do try to notice lizards. I do always see something. It's either a lizard or a different type of lizard I've never seen before or um, tarantulas. <laughs> and again, like, don't get freaked out. They're not scary. They leave you alone. They just walk off and when they see you. So do not worry. They mind their own business. Um, I almost saw a rattlesnake on a hike I did a couple weeks ago with the same girls. We did a different hike that had a, a waterfall in New Mexico. And uh, the, some the, they saw a rattlesnake just, you know, they scurried off in front of us into a bush. And so I didn't lay eyes on it, but I heard it and it was really close to us. And then on the drive out of that hike, I saw a different type of snake. It didn't look like a rattlesnake. It looked like some other type of snake. It was just in the middle of the road. But when it felt the vibration of the car driving towards it, it uh, scurried off the road too. So, you know, I did see that snake, but don't freak out. Just leave them alone. Try not to walk too close or stand too close to any bushes next to the trail, try to just stay on the trail so that a snake doesn't, you know, isn't like hiding in the bush next to you or something. But yeah, so I do try to, you know, notice the flora and fauna. Hey, those are some biology terms. Thank you very much. That <laughs> notice the flora and fauna near you when you're in nature. My left pinky toe started hurting 
on the way up when we were near the top. Then my right pinky toe started hurting. And then the rest of my toes started hurting. (laughs) And all the way down, my feet were killing me. And it wasn't until I went home that I realized when I took off my socks, guess what? Blisters. Massive blisters on the sides of my, like the, the inner sides of my big toes and the bottom pads of my pinky toes. And I'm not someone who get blisters. I never get blisters. It like never happens to me. And so you can imagine my shock when I took off my socks when I got home. You know, this doesn't happen. I've never gotten blisters after hiking. But I guess this was such an intense hike that was almost seven hours long. (laughs) And it was a constant elevation gain and loss at the end, obviously going back down. And it was just constant up and up and up. There was no, like, other than the switch, every switchback, like, that was our goal is, like, make it to the next switchback. Make it to the next (laughs) switchback. There was really not much flat ground. It was literally just, you're just scaling this mountain. Like, this hike is for the purpose of feeling accomplished that you reach the top, I believe. I don't feel like it's, like, a scenic, like, oh, like, it's so relaxing. No, this is, like, you're doing it to like reach a record and to feel accomplished. But you do get some incredible views during the hike. And I did see some elderly folks that were hiking and it was really cute. They had um, like old couples or they had like, we saw like one older gentleman, I think he was like 70 and he didn't make it all the way up. We were probably like two miles in because it's like four miles up, four miles down. So we were like two miles up and he he told us that he's not making it to the top. He turned around and is coming back down. But I was so proud of him. He looked like maybe 70 years old. And I was thinking if I'm, if I can be like that when I'm 70, 70, 60, 70 years old, like that's an accomplishment. Just to be able to say that you got out there and you drove out there and you started this hike and you did two miles and two miles back, which is four miles, that's already pretty impressive. So I was really proud of these um, older people that we saw and they were so cute. And yeah, I was super proud of them (laughs) and hope that I'll be like them in the future. And oh, another tip is, again, like, I don't know what I was thinking. I thought I was prepared. This was like the most prepared that all of us have been for a hike. Like we had everything. We had our, uh, we had money, we had our IDs because we did go through a border checkpoint just in case they asked for your ID. Um, Last one of the times we did not. Luckily we didn't have to go through a checkpoint, but yeah, one of the times like both of us forgot our wallets. I don't know what we were thinking, but this time we felt like we were the most prepared. And we had everything, we thought we had everything ready. And silly me, I forgot that I had trekking poles, which if you don't know what those are, they're poles, they're usually made out of metal that you're, you hold them to give you a little bit of like stability when you're um, hiking. And this would have been a perfect hike to use it for because there was so much elevation gain, like going up or going down, it would have been really useful. But I completely forgot I even had them. They were in the back of my car, but I forgot to take them out. And then I saw a bunch of other hikers using it. 
So that's a tip, you know, if you want to do a hike like this to get your hiking poles ready. It was an accomplishment. I'm really glad to have my girls next to me and we motivated each other and the other the rest of the hikers were very motivational but you just felt like you were never getting there because they they would tell you oh you're almost there you're almost there keep going and then you're like when are we getting there and then you feel like you're closer and then they're like oh you got another like i would say like an hour and 15 minutes to go you're almost there an hour and a half and we're like are you kidding me <laughs> and then it's like okay you have an hour and a half you have an hour and a half and then we keep going oh you have like another like an hour and 20 minutes <laughs> and then at the end oh you still have another 30 minutes and then like we go a little further someone else says oh you still have 30 to 40 minutes and we're like how did it get longer how did we get slower <laughs> and you finally re reach the top it's a really good feeling Oh yeah, Pam, she just had the idea, like, I'm just gonna, I just need to get there. Like, that's what motivated her. She was like, okay, so it takes like this, about this long to get there. And she's like, I think I can do it in under five hours. She's like, I just need to get there. So that's why she like got to the top so quickly. Like, she didn't even stop. Um, the only time she stopped was to like wait for us. And then like the rest of the time she like just kept going. She only maybe waited for us like after like at the first two miles and after that she was just on her own we didn't see her anymore and she told us she was like i just need to get there that's all i was thinking so good on her <laughs> and i'm really glad she was with us so um she motivated us along it was really tough like i i think i hike pretty often compared to like my peers and even then this like really kicked my butt and like I said everything hurts right now my body hurts my inner thighs are sore my feet are still blistered they're still very much blistered I went to work today and I tried to wear like the most comfortable tennis shoes that I had and I just had to like walk really slowly all day <laughs> to finish up on the way back we stopped at the salt flats and honestly i've been a resident in this area for so long like over two decades and i've never heard of this and this is the thing that amazes me about this region that i live in and my city and just this landscape and the environment that we have here is that there's so much to discover every like few weeks i learn about something different that i didn't know that was here and this is one of them. So over the last few weeks, there's been <laughs> posts on like the El Paso hiking group, on like the news, like everyone is posting that they went to this salt flats. And these pictures are incredible. Like they are unimaginable of this desert oasis. Like it doesn't even look like you're in the desert. It looks like you're at a beach with beautiful aquamarine water i'm not even kidding like light pale blue slightly aquamarine beautiful beautiful blue water <laughs> it looks like a beach and i've never heard of this place before and apparently people are heading there like crazy right now because they're trying to do so before it drains before it gets dry again because it's usually dry most of the year it's bone dry it's actually a lake that used to exist millions of years ago. It's called Linda Lake. If you're interested in looking it up, it's in Dell City, Texas. So don't, 
you know, if you're listening to this like a year later, like don't go there expecting that there'll be water because I don't know that there will be. I just know that recently it's been uh, raining a lot. So it's filled. It's like this oasis water wonderland right now at this salt deposit bank. It's like this salt basin that used to be a lake millions of years ago. Well, now it's a lake again and it looks like the beach and it's fabulous. And people are going there in drones. And, um, but before we went, my husband showed me an article that apparently most of that land is private property to whom I don't know, like who owns a salt, uh, flat or a salt bank or whatever like what do you do with that land i don't know what you do with it if you're the owner i want to know someone tell me please uh if you know about geology or salt agriculture i don't know um because this is untouched land like no one is there it's out in the middle of nowhere it's off the highway but apparently it's private property so they're just kind of discouraging people from going now. It's like, oh, you might, you must have seen all the social media posts over the last few weeks of people going there in hordes, but please do not try to get in the water because most of that is private property. I also don't know if that water is safe. I'm assuming it's very high in salinity, but I did not taste it. I thought about it. I thought about dipping my finger and tasting it, but it looked, yeah, I mean, the water at the shore, it was like kind of murky, so I was not going to do that. But anyway, so then we found out, oh shoot, this is property. Maybe we should think twice. Um, but then we read that like, as long as you don't go over the fence, then you should be fine. But still the owners have had it. Like in this article, it literally said, and the owners of this property have had it. <laughs> they have had enough of people going on their land, wading through the water, bringing their babies. It's so funny. Like I literally saw an Instagram post of like this baby, like with sunglasses and a rubber ducky floaty, just like floating in this lake. It looks so cute, but come to find out it's private property. So don't do it. But when we got there, like we did see if you're, if you're familiar with the Texas highway, there's usually some little fence, like short barbed wire across both sides of the rest of the land maybe a few feet from the highway so we did see that everyone that was there they were on this side of the fence so i think they were okay they were like on the the highway side of the fence they didn't no one like tried to like sneak under it maybe in the past people did but then they saw that those articles so then they stopped doing it but when we were there everyone was on the other side of the fence so i think they were doing it legally and there is some bodies of water that is on the other side of the fence too. So it goes out way further past the fence, but you do have some areas where you can wade in on, on the outside of the fence without having to trespass. <laughs> but it was so funny because we saw a bunch of people there. It was like they were having a pool party, like different families parked on the side. And there was this boy brought out like a kayak or a canoe and was just like rowing his way through this 
salt flat and we saw people with picnic chairs that were half submerged in the water like they were just enjoying a beach day it was hilarious we didn't prepare like, our goal that day was to do the hike and it just so happened that it was on the same path so on our route back we just stopped 10 minutes and we just like stopped and looked out and took some pictures and just kind of enjoyed it but we didn't prepare like the rest of these people that like brought their bikinis and there was like people with floaties like pool floaties like they were having a full out beach day in the middle of this desert it was quite a sight to witness i was so tired i didn't get in the water but my friends kind of like dipped their feet in and just felt the water a bit and then on the way back we just headed home and i was like i'm not cooking dinner today like i am so tired we need to stop somewhere and get food because i'm not cooking today <laughs> and it was already six o'clock by that time uh or like five o'clock and by the time we got back oh yeah there's a time change so anyway by the time we ate we got korean food and by the time we i finally was back home it was like 8 30 p.m so we left at 6 a.m or 6 30 from where we live and we didn't come back until 8 p.m. So it really was at least a 12 hour journey <laughs> and uh, we were hiking for almost seven hours straight. And I've never walked that much in my life. I was curious today, so I looked at my steps like on the app that comes with your phone and I was curious at how many steps I took because usually if I go on a hike, my average hikes are usually like four miles, like the ones, the trails that I know of. Four or five miles and i'll usually get like 11 12 000 steps on that day if i'm doing a hike on a normal day <laughs> i'll be lucky if i get six thousand steps or four thousand steps like i don't have like an eye watch or whatever that keeps my my steps so it's not the, the most accurate but when i have glanced at my phone you know it's nowhere close to that i know it's recommended to like get ten thousand steps a day i'm lucky if i get six thousand <laughs> or at least the times that it does count when i'm when i have my phone but yeah, it said I took, guess how many? 28,000. Over 28,000 steps is how many steps I took on Saturday. It was quite a lot of walking. No wonder my feet are blistered and now I'm nursing them and trying to walk very slowly to not irritate them more. Yeah, so that was my adventure story. I've never did like a hiking diary like this before, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And maybe this motivates you to check out a trail near you or come check out the Guadalupe Mountains. If you do or if you've done this hike before, I know it's pretty popular. So I would love to hear what you guys thought of it and your experience. Did you notice some of the same things that, that I noticed? Was there anything new that I talked about that you didn't know in the past? If you're watching this on YouTube, if you can leave a comment, if you can share this with somebody and share this podcast with somebody maybe a potential hiking buddy that you would like to encourage or tag someone on Instagram or Twitter, that would be great. And I would love to hear your experiences with this hike if you've done it or if you plan on doing it or if you thought this was interesting or would like me to do more of podcasts like these. So it might have been a little long-winded, but I felt like there was a lot to say. And I'm really happy I got to do this very shortly after my actual hike so that I can remember what I wanted to highlight and that it was fresh in my, my mind. This was really fun for me to do and just kind of talk through the experience and kind of relive it as well. That's it for today. I hope you really enjoyed it. Talk to you soon.
I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like the podcast, I would love it if you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest at mfmppod. And consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash mfmp to gain access to exclusive content and bonus perks. And to keep the conversation going, you can tweet me to ask a question or share a comment about what you heard. I would also love to see you post stories to Instagram or Facebook of you listening to the pod or trying any of the activities or recommendations introduced from the Hook You Up segments by my guests or myself. Tag me in your stories or posts at MFMPpod so I can see and maybe also share along. Until then, stay tuned to hear more from the many faces of many places.